Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. And to our online audience, those who are watching today, we're honored to have you. Thanks for being a part uh, of Remnant Church today through uh, watching us online. And I pray that God blesses you today. Ephesians chapter 1. I got a lot of scripture I'm going to read, but just hold on. We're going to go through it today. You ready? Amen. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will. To the faithful, faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Who has blessed us, and if you're an underliner or circler or you take notes in your phone, this is one of those scriptures. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, watch this, with every spiritual blessing. That's really important today. With every spiritual blessing. There is nothing, understand me, there is nothing that you are needing that God hasn't already given you. That God hasn't already provided for you. Hey, do me a favor, guys. Shut those double doors and that door there. There's no need for those to be open. That just makes people want to walk in and walk out. And y'all know I got spiritual ADHD. And I cannot deal with that today. I'm already battling the trucks and cars that are passing. With everything in me, I want to turn and look and see what that car was. Blessed be God who gives us every, listen, every spiritual blessing. Everything that we need has already been provided for us. Every spiritual blessing. Then verse 4 says, for he chose us in him. Oh, I love that too. Because what this is telling us is I didn't choose Jesus. Jesus chose me. See, you got to get that. We're talking about some real important stuff here today, and I can't just read this through and not stop and talk about it a little bit. You did not, I know you think you did, but you did not choose Jesus. Jesus chose you. And until you understand that, you will not know the love of God. Until you, until you understand that you had nothing to offer him, you had nothing to bring to the table, there was nothing you could give him, there was nothing you had that he wanted except because the goodness of God, because of his grace and his mercy, he loved you while you were yet a sinner and he chose you. You did not choose him. Hey, that's why I get up with a praise on my lips because I know the goodness of God. Uh-huh. For he chose us in him. Knowing everything I'd ever do, ever say, took in consideration all my faults and failures, all my ways, all my inward bents. He knew everything about me and he chose me before the foundation of the world to be holy, blameless, in love. Before He chose me to be holy and perfect. Oh, boy. He chose me to be holy, set apart, perfect. I want you to understand, this is what God does for you. 
He doesn't clean you up and remodel you and renew you, tear out the old sheetrock and put up some new one. No, friend, he tears you completely down. He can't do anything with the original you. So he puts you to death on the cross with him. And then just as Jesus rose up out of that tomb, friend, you have newness of life and you are made a brand new, perfect, holy, set apart and perfect in him. You say, I'm not perfect. Not in your behavior, you're not. You're not. We all know that. But in your spirit, God has made you perfect through his son, Jesus Christ. And this is the only way we're accepted by God. You say, oh, pastor, I wish you'd talk about something else. There is nothing else to talk about. Yeah, my favorite preacher on TV talks about a lot of things. Your favorite teacher on TV might be a motivational speaker, and I'm not. There is no good in me. Anything you, anything good you see coming out of me is not from me. It's from Jesus Christ. You see, those who preach the gospel, they're always talking about Jesus and not talking about themselves. I done found out that I is the problem. You break down sin, the, letter, the, the middle letter in the word sin is what I, I find myself sinning when I want to do this and I want to go there and I want to say that and I want to get even and I want to get in the last word. There's nothing good about I, but there is something wonderfully great and perfect about Jesus Christ. And he chose me. He made me holy, and he made me blameless. And this is not even the message, so here we go. Let's keep on going. He predestined us to be a, oh, I love that. He adopted us. See, I'm talking about today, if you're saved, you're born again, you haven't been brought in as a, as a servant or a slave or a good friend. You're brought into the family through adoption. And that means everything that belongs to Jesus, our elder brother, belongs to us. Every spiritual blessing belongs to us. us. Why? Because I have been adopted. I have been brought out of darkness. I was a slave to sin. I talked about it Sunday. Do you want me to go back over it again? Okay, I will. I was, I was on the auction block of sin, and Jesus chose me and said, I want him, I want her, and I had nothing to give, and I had nothing to offer, and he broke through my bondage and my chains, and he delivered me, and he set me free, and he took me off the auction block of sin, and he brought me to his house, but he didn't make me a slave, he made me a son, you see, uh-huh adopted us through Jesus Christ for himself according to his good pleasure. Oh, I love verse 6. To the praise his glory of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in him, in the beloved one. Excuse me, verse 7. Check, watch this. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Say Amen. Now, for y'all who've never sinned, you, you can just, you don't have to say nothing. According to the, now watch this, to the riches 
of his grace. How rich you reckon Jesus is in grace? I mean, really. He said, according to his, not according to your friend or your family member, how much grace they think you should get, but according to his riches, according to the riches of his grace that he richly, listen to this, poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. And this brings me to my first point right here. God has portioned out the exact amount of grace that we will ever need. I know if I go preach this somewhere else, now they would really be shouting today. God, do you understand? Say it again. God has portioned out the God has portioned out the exact amount of grace that we will ever need. Okay. You know what that means? That means God took into consideration every time we would fail him, every time we would sin, every time we would choose doubt rather than faith. He knew our beginning from our end. He knew every, he's the alpha and the omega. When he sees us, he can speak to a finished product because he knows when he calls us, he's going to make sure that he who starts a good work in us will see it to its complete. What I'm, hey, hey, hey. What I'm saying is this, you're going to finish, and you're going to finish well. Why? Because Jesus on the cross, hanging suspended between heaven and earth, is there on the cross. And what is the last thing he said? It is finished. It is finished, meaning because he finished, this is what it means for us. See, his victory is our victory. His completion is our completion. And the fact that he finished, those who have placed their faith in him, that guarantees our finish, that we are going to run this race and we are going to run it to its completion. And you think, yeah, but I need, you don't need anything other than Jesus. Every spiritual blessing has been given to you and all the grace that you need has been supplied to you. Does that make sense? Now look at me. Listen to me. If you're wondering, I don't know if I'm going to make it, let it be known today. God doesn't start something that he does not finish. And I can stand here today without fear of reservation or fear of contradiction and tell you today that you are going to finish. You are. Let me me go on. Verse 11, 
Billy, I'm going to skip all the way down to verse 11. In him, we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. Now, this is what I want you to get. You have an inheritance. Have you ever heard somebody, especially in, in this town and in other rural towns, I'm sure it's the same, but have you ever heard somebody say, maybe you're not from here, maybe you've said it, if you don't know somebody, you won't ever get a job around here. Have you ever heard that? If you don't know the right person, you'll never get the promotion. If you don't know the right or if you're not in that family or that family or that family, you won't, you just, you're going to have a hard time trying to make it in Waycross. Well, can I remind you what family you are a part of? Now, there's nothing, I mean, I don't think terribly bad about being a Lancaster, but I also don't think there's anything terribly good about being a Lancaster. I don't come from any wealth to speak of. Not that I know of. I would love to find out that I do. But I am a part of the family of God. Friday. I, I, don't, I haven't had regular TV in a while. Not because I'm super spiritual, but because I'm super cheap. So... I got, it's not regular TV, but it's internet. But anyway, you got channels. And I was going through the channels, and Friday is typically my day off from the office. And so I turned it on, and I'm flipping through the channels. I've seen a lot of things interesting. First of all, I want to know what happened to The Price is Right. When did Bob Barker die? That messed me up. Jerry Springer now is a judge. I didn't know if you knew that. I had no clue. And also, I was skipping through, and I seen, well, Mari, you know, Mari, Mari Povich, still on TV, still doing the same thing, the same topic. And I think even the same guest. <laughs> and he opened up the card, you know, it, it was the same. I mean, I haven't seen it. I'm serious. In 20 years, 15 years maybe. Anyway, here it is again, and I'm, I'm drawn into it. And he's got them on there, and there's this, you know, the couple, and, and and he opens up the, the letter and he, you know, the whole thing, whatever he says, results have come in and you are not the daddy, right? And all hell breaks loose. And I thought, after I turned it, because I didn't want to watch the rest of it. I just thought, man, that's interesting that he's doing the same thing. But anyway, I thought about this. Some of us need to have a who's your daddy moment. Like, we need to reread the results 
and the truth of what happened to us when we got born again. We have a daddy. And I'm not talking about your earthly dad. I'm talking about your heavenly father. And you've got a father, and that means you've got a family, and there are some family privileges that you have. There is an inheritance that is waiting for you and for you to walk in now. Listen, when you got saved, everything good and great that God wants to give you, all of that is not waiting for you in heaven. Some of it is, but some of it's for you to walk in now. Do you hear me? Here's a few things, and I'm going to skip, Billy B. Now, I go to verse 15. Paul writes, this is why since I heard about your faith, because so he's talking to born-again people, he's talking about Christians, he said, I never stopped giving thanks for you, and I've been praying for you. And this is what he's been praying for. Listen now, in verse 17. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Hear me. The first privilege you have as a child of God. Are you ready? God has provided for you supernatural, godly wisdom. I don't know about you, but I need wisdom. See, there's now wisdom is different than being smart. Wisdom is, is let me tell you what wisdom is not. Wisdom is not knowing the, the difference between right and wrong. It's, it's greater than that. Wisdom is knowing what's right and doing it right. See, I can, I can know the right thing and have the wrong motives. I can say the right thing and say it the wrong way. Anybody ever done that? Wisdom is knowing the right thing the right way and doing it the right way. See, there's no wisdom apart from the knowledge of God. If you look, at it correlates. It says, it says, I want you to have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So first of all, wisdom comes from a foundation of knowing God. In fact, the Bible says the foundation of wisdom is fearing God, standing in awe of God, knowing who God is. And I need godly wisdom in my life. The Bible says if I need wisdom to ask God and he'll give it to me. You know what makes me more aggravated than anything? Is not knowing what step to take. I don't have a problem with running wide open even if it's in the wrong direction. What I do have a problem with is waiting. Anybody? In fact, I love to just do stuff like get in mm, big things. You can ask people here at church. You can ask staff. I'm constantly going from one big thing to another big thing. I like big, go big or go home. That's like my motto, you see. I mean, really, go big or go home. I like to do big things. But I found out sometimes there's wisdom in waiting. Huh? See, trying to be wise without the knowledge of God is like trying to fly a commercial plane without the help from a control tower. You need somebody who can see things you can't see. You understand what I'm saying? 
You need somebody who can see things that you can't see. I was thinking about this this week, and this come to me. See, I need wisdom from God. I need someone leading me today, giving me wisdom for today, telling me what to say and not to say, and what to do and not to do, when to stop and when to start. I need somebody telling me that today. I need someone giving me wisdom today who knows what's already going on tomorrow. You understand? I need somebody telling me what to do today, giving me wisdom for today, who already, this is good, you should write this down, who already knows what's going on tomorrow. This is godly wisdom, and God wants to give this to you. In fact, this is a privilege of being part of his family. Don't you want to be in his family? Uh huh. Let's keep on reading verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Hear me now. Point number two is this you are spiritually loaded. Rich. What's another word for that? Huh? Rolling in the dough. That's what I was looking for. You're spiritually rolling in the dough. You are loaded. You are rich in Christ. Now, I'm not talking about money. See, if you think I'm talking about money, then you're not even wise. You need to go back and ask God, give me some wisdom, Lord. You stuck on point one. Point number two is this. You are spiritually loaded. What does that mean? That See, I see people going around who are born again who are spiritually broke. They go around disappointed, discouraged. They are not walking in joy. They're not walking in the peace of God. They're not walking in the healing of God. They're not walking in the love of God. You look at them and they're all miserable and discouraged and disgusted and they're walking in bondage and they're walking in fear. And listen, you can do that if you want to, but there's some privileges you have in the family that say you don't have to walk like that. You don't have to live like that. You can have joy. You can have peace. You can have hope. You can have joy. You can walk in victory. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You have a God who will never leave you nor forsake you. You are spiritually rich. I want you to be aware of your family privileges. See, not knowing who your daddy is is going to give you have staggering consequences. See, when I know who my daddy is, let me explain some things. When I, when I know the inheritance I got, when I know who my daddy is, when I know him, I don't run from him. When I get in trouble, I run to him. Here's a part of being spiritually loaded, spiritually rich. I can call on God and God hear me. So you take that for granted because you bring God down to your level, but God is not on your level. God is so much higher, so much greater, so amazing. Here's the beautiful thing about it, though. With him having all those things, 
him being those things, we have this privilege that I can call on God and God hear my prayers. Do you believe that? I can call on him and he answers me. Whether I've been good that day or whether I've been bad that day, he hears me. This is a beautiful thing that I can call on God. And because of the righteousness of Jesus, because I'm covered by his grace, that when I call on him, he hears me. Not only does he hear my prayer, he answers my prayer. You know, another reason why I know I'm rich is because I'm led by the Spirit of God. Oh, what a great privilege of being led by his Spirit. His Spirit that will never leave me nor forsake me. His Spirit that leads me and guides me and tells me to stop and tells me to go and tells me to be quiet and tells me to speak up. I'm led by his Spirit. This is another reason why I'm rich. Can I tell you another reason why I'm rich? It's because I serve a father who loves me enough to get on to me. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all always getting on to. Get y'all always getting getting get on to. You're always getting in trouble. And I thank God that God loves me enough to chastise me. You see, my daughter, she'll tell you she gets in trouble. Somebody told me the other day, my daughter's scared to death of you, Pastor. I said, well, that's good. <laughs> she said, no, she loves you, but she's scared of you. I thought, well, whatever. The reason I think she may be scared of me is because she knows I'll discipline Abriel, and she thinks... He may discipline me. And she may be right, you see. But you know why I discipline Abriel? Because I love her. Only reason. I love her enough to see her be disciplined and not like me for a little bit, right? Because she's getting old enough now where she'll... I told her something the other day. I was, she wanted to have a fire, roast marshmallows or something. Yeah, I said, baby, it ain't that cold out there yet. It's 78 degrees right now. And I said, the fire's already gone out. And I seen her. Boy, I about threw a stick at her. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I'm sure it is. I, was, I had a pine cone in my hand. I was going to knock... <laughs> I played it out in my mind. <laughs> but I don't hit my daughter with pine cones. <laughs> but I do discipline my daughter 
because I love her. And sometimes God has to discipline me, you know, because he loves me. It don't feel good, and sometimes I even get aggravated with God. So I'll be real with you. Sometimes I think, God, I don't know. I don't, and he, but see, I've done learned this truth of God's word, that he'll take the things that hurt and still use them for my good. He takes everything, all things, especially the things he's doing in my life, and works it out for my good. The breakup, the relationship that didn't work out, the problem with your finances, the business that didn't turn out like you thought it was supposed to, it all works together for your good. You're spiritually loaded. You're rich. It goes on to say this. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know the hope of the calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance. And then verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. Number three. Here's a privilege you have as a family member, as being in the family of God, you serve a God that has immeasurable power, unlimited, unfettered, cannot be bound, cannot be conquered, cannot be boxed in, cannot be caged up. You have a father who can't, we sing about it now, do you believe it? We have a father who can do anything. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. I think I'll preach now. I remember I, I, I had a bully in my neighborhood. I baptized that joker, though. The first year I was here, I baptized him. I thought, got you, boy. Get you saved, you old bully. But I remember I had a bully when I was growing up. And he chased Josh around. Josh is my brother. He's the one who leads worship up here. And I, he chased him around. And Josh, he was born with a deformity. His head was small and his ears was big. Amen. And he'd go through the neighborhood in Jamestown and everybody'd say, hey, big ears, woohoo, big ears, big ears, big ears. Well, I didn't like that. Now, I could call him big ears, but I didn't even want anybody out calling him, come on, somebody, calling him big ears. So I found uh, him one day, that, that bully. I said, let me tell you something, son. I'm going to break your nose, and I'm going to put Josh's ears on your head if you ain't careful. Only problem was, the only difference between me now and me then was, I was shorter. <laughs> and that boy was fast. And he'd run off a distance and say, big ears. And I'd done my best to catch him. But I couldn't catch him. I couldn't get close to him. I'd have to sneak attack him. And there, once in a while, once in a while, I'd come around that corner. Bam. There I am. Jelly roll. That's what he called me. <laughs> Jelly roll. 
<laughs> jelly roll. There was jelly roll standing right there next to the neighborhood bully. I straightened that thing out. See, here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. Josh couldn't do nothing about it. And that's the place we got to get it in our lives. When you got a problem, you need to quit trying to fix it. Well, I'm going to straighten it out. I'm going to work it out. No, you can't fix it. You can't work it out. You need to look at your problem and say, I'm about to tell my daddy on you. You hear me? I'm about to tell my brother on you. See, our elder brother is Jesus Christ. You need to stop trying to whip your bully, whip your mountain, defeat what's trying to fight you and say, I got, I'm about to tell my daddy. Oh, I'm about to, I'm about to tell my daddy. I'm not going to try to fight this thing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not fixing to try to run you all over the place. I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just fixing to take my need and my problem to my daddy. And guess what? He's never seen a problem that he hasn't already answered. He's never seen an issue that makes him nervous and wring his hands and think, I don't know what I'm going to do this time. Oh, no. God wants you to take every situation Every problem, every issue, every doubt, every fear, all your brokenness, all your devastation, everybody that's lied to you and talked about you and done you wrong, give them over to the Father. Say, here you go, Daddy. I ain't got time to wait on it, fix it. I ain't got breath to waste on it. I'm giving it to you, God. All my doubts, all my insecurities, everything that I don't know how to fix. God, I give to you. Here's how I know God will answer my problem, fix my problem. This is how I know there's nothing I can bring to him that stumps him. Because I've all, if you're saved today, he's already performed the greatest miracle that can ever be performed. And that's when he saved your soul. Yeah. See, he done something that a man could not do. Nothing. There, there's no way a man can do that for you. A pastor, a preacher, a priest, nobody can save your soul other than it's impossible. There's no maybe they can do it, maybe I can do it. No, it is totally, absolutely, 100% impossible for God, for someone to save you other than God. God is the only one that can do it. If it's not for God, if it wasn't for God, you'd still be lost. Hallelujah. You'd still be undone. Yeah. You'd be miserable. And there would be no hope for you. But he rescued you. He brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He reached down and saved your soul doing what a man could not do. Now let me ask you this. If he done that, is there anything he can't do? How do I, 
how do I experience this power that God has? The Bible tells us this. He shows us this power. This power operate. We can see this operating in our lives and through our lives if we believe. If we believe. Not if we're perfect, not if we go to church enough, but here it is again, if we simply believe. Let me ask you, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. Anybody got something going on in their life and the only person that can fix it and change the situation is God? If that's you, lift your hand right now. You know what I see? I see testimonies. problems that will not be solved, I see prayers that are going to be answered. I see testimonies. Can I tell you this? I don't declare, I don't stand here and declare myself to be a mighty man of faith. Now maybe you want to call me that or think that about me, but I know me. And at times I waver. I mean, I believe. And then sometimes I'm like that man in the Bible who says, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. But I thank God that this is not about my faithfulness to him, but it's about his faithfulness to me. You wonder, well, I don't know if I have enough faith to believe God. Well, I just told you that he's already portioned you out the exact amount of grace that you need. And he's already given you a measure of faith. And you know what I've learned about faith? With every answered prayer, every time I hear his word and I see it come to pass, my faith grows. When I see him do something in your life, it grows my faith. And when I hear a testimony of what God's done for you, it fills me with faith. And when I see God work in my own life, I think, well, he done it then. If he done it then, he'll do it again. I don't see problems that God can't solve. I see testimonies that are about to happen, that are about to be proclaimed and declared, you hear? I believe that with everything in me. If there's something that's keeping you up at night, if there's something that's bothering you, if there's something that you're wondering, God, I don't know what to do or how to fix it, I'm telling you, quit striving to try to fix it. Trust God. Because all you're doing is wearing yourself out. God said, simply believe me and trust me. These are the privileges we have as a child of God. We have the privilege to see God's great power working in us and through us. 
We have every spiritual blessing that we'll ever need has already been provided for us. We're spiritually rich. And God has provided us supernatural wisdom if we ask God for it. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.